0: let's just pray father we pray you'll help us as we think about and reflect on this passage together uh that you'll just help us to use what paul says to see our part in your overall story Uh, father be with us and help us and open our minds and our hearts in jesus name amen i'm i'm sure you're pretty much aware that stories are a really important part of life It's how we talk about ourselves. It's how we share who we are. It's how we make sense of our lives. It's how we shape and reflect our identities. When someone asks you who you are, usually you tell them a story, a story about you, your life, your family, whoever you, something like that. If someone were to ask you about Dublin West Community Church, you probably tell them a story and it may involve some of the folk on the screen. I don't know whether you've seen uh, the program, Who Do You Think You Are?, um, where it, it, there are stories about people and who they are. Uh, Peter gave us a really good illustration on, on his uh, a diagram and his thousand generations and his family as part of that ongoing story, as part of who that family is. But the stories we tell about ourselves uh, reflect and shape who we are and form our identity. And that's what we want to think about as we look at this section in Galatians 3. Now, let me just share just a quick screen with you, just to remind you where we've been and where we've come from. Um, uh, Last week, uh, we looked at Galatians 2, um, about the story that faith in Jesus gives us. And it's an incredible story to shape who we are and how we live. Uh, Here it is here. Faith in Christ leads us to right standing with God. And then uh, having having enjoyed that right standing, there's certain ways to live. Now, right standing with God or justification, they mean, they're, they're the same things. I've just put that on the, on the slide there so you can see. But we discovered last week that that was set against a very different story that was being offered by a group called the Judaizers, who said this, what you need is faith in Christ plus doing the works of the law, which was the Old Testament. And that will give you, Uh, right standing with God. In some ways that may have sounded a very attractive story but Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 3 it's a complete dead end because it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't lead anywhere. Uh, Note the full stop which I've highlighted in red, it's a very important full stop and that's what Paul is arguing about in Galatians 2 and will carry that argument into Galatians 3 and 4. Uh, These are two different stories. Now that's why in chapter one, Paul says it's really important to get a story of our faith accurate and correct. And so our faith in Jesus and and that alone gives us a right standing with God, full stop. Then uh, the works of the spirit are an expression of that uh, in our lives together. In Galatians then three and four, Paul gives a whole range of reasons why believers should not go back to the law. Now, um, because we only have got one side of the conversation, we haven't heard what the Judaizers said, we haven't heard their arguments, in places what Paul says in these chapters can be slightly difficult to understand. Um, However, as we listen to Paul's arguments, we'll hear some of the things here in Galatians three and four that are really important to our story of faith uh, in Jesus. And for these four verses of chapter 18, I want just, sorry, these four, these 18 verses of chapter three, I just want us to think about four different things, like remembering our conversion, but realizing that we are children of Abraham, about going back to the law, being a complete dead end, and also if we if we remember the chronology that Abraham came before Moses, these are reasons why Paul says, we should not go back to the law. So let's work through those things together. And I'll put that, that slide on the screen at the end again, if you uh, if want to just to, to remember ourselves. So first of all, Paul says in verses one to five, remember your conversion. And, and the experience of the Galatians is a, is a really important part of Paul's argument here. It runs a bit like this. If, if both sides, if both parties of this dispute agree that evidence of right standing with God is the presence of the Spirit, then says Paul, tell me, Galatians, how you first experienced the Spirit. Was it by believing in Jesus or was it by keeping the Old Testament law? Well, the questions are there in verses 2 and verse 4. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Or verse 4. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? And the answer is clear, isn't it? The, the spirit is at work because the Galatians and we believe in Jesus, not because we keep the law in some kind of way, because the Judaizers were suggesting to the Galatians they should add uh, uh, keeping the law to their existing faith. So it can't, it can't, the Spirit, gift of the spirit couldn't have come through keeping the law and in Galatians this idea of belief in Jesus means a whole life orientation towards Jesus it involves an ongoing commitment it involves obedience as we'll see in chapter 5 but faith in Jesus plus nothing is what is required to to have this have a spirit and Paul says remember your conversion It, it highlights something really important theologically it's true then it's true now And it's true whether uh, we've had a, a conversion experience like the Galatians, which may have been very sudden, or a conversion experience that was over a longer period of time and maybe felt more like growing into faith. We have experienced the Spirit by believing in Jesus plus nothing, and certainly not by keeping the Old Testament law or adding any other kind of legalisms. And so do you see how important faith in Jesus is to our story. Don't lose it by trying to put your trust in any sort of human effort says Paul by the means of the flesh in verse 3. Remember the good news. Remember what Jesus has done. Remember that your belief in Jesus brought you the Spirit. That's a vital part of of our stories. So the first little section, verses 1 to 5, remember your conversion. The second section in verses six to nine is, uh, you're children of Abraham. Um, It's highly likely that the Judaizers told these Gentile believers that they could only be true children of Abraham if they kept the Old Testament law. Uh, They they maybe said something like this, uh, do what we do, i.e. keep the law, because we are the true children of Abraham. And Paul says, Absolutely no, because actually Abraham is the father of all of those who have faith. God's promise to Abraham back in Genesis was that all nations would be blessed through him, verse 8, and people inherit that promise by faith. Those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, verse 9. And, and so what Paul is saying, the promise of God way back in Genesis to Abraham is part of our stories if we have faith in Jesus. Yeah. Peter showed us that on his, on, his, uh, on his Thousand Generations timeline. Part of our story is the promise that God made to Abraham. The, the Galatians needed to hear that in the light of what was being told to them by the Judaizers. And actually so do we, because it's something really incredible. Because followers of Jesus in the 21st century are people who are inheritors of the promise of God to Abraham. And so the story of God's action in the Old Testament to preserve this promise And the story of God's action in the person of Jesus to fulfill the promise, in other words, the story of all of the Bible, that's our story. That's who we are. That's who we belong to. The people on the screen who you see are children of Abraham because they have inherited the promise through faith in Jesus. That's what shapes us. That is the story that's most important about us. And Paul says to the Galatians and says to us, don't ever lose it by substituting some other legalism. If Paul were the producer of who do you think you are and was making a program about you or me, he'd want to make sure that Abraham was one of our ancestors. Whoever else was in the family tree, good, bad or indifferent, Abraham would be there because we inherit the promise. Isn't that what Peter's timeline showed us? with his family, going back to the promise of Abraham. And of course, everybody on the screen would be linked as part of each other's stories because we all inherit the promise as a community together. So uh, remember your conversion, remember your children of Abraham. And then verses 10 to 14, going back to the law is a complete dead end. Just don't bother. It's a complete waste of time. And now, verses verses 10 to 14 is a pretty dense section. Um, And again, Paul, as I say, is arguing with the arguments that the Judaizers would have told to the Galatians. But let me try to explain briefly what I think is going on. The, The Judaizers were believers who wanted the Galatians to keep the law, the Old Testament law. Okay, says Paul, if that is what they want you to do, then they must expect you to keep all of the law because you can't just keep a part of the law or half the law. If they want you to keep it, you should keep the lot. But here's the key question. How can anyone who believes in Jesus go back to the sacrifices of the Old Testament law? Because actually the sacrifices are a key part of the Old Testament law. So what you are being offered in the guise of a better way, is a road back to the curse of the law. It, 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 he's turned the argument of the, of the Judaizers on its head. Because actually as a believer, you cannot go back and keep all of the law because otherwise you turn your back on the supreme sacrifice of Jesus. And so Paul says, going back to the law is a complete dead end. It's a massive backward step because as a believer, you have been delivered from the curse of the law through the death of Jesus. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, he says in verse 13. In fact, the Old Testament clearly says that the righteous will live by faith. That was the case in the Old Testament. It's also the case after the coming of Jesus. And so faith in Jesus is the fulfillment of both the promise to Abraham, and the Old Testament law. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you simply can't go back in time. You can't turn the clock back, because if you do, you'll be at a complete dead end. Now, don't worry if you don't follow the argument uh, in detail through that section. Here Here is the most important part. Faith in Jesus is all we need for a right standing with God. There's nothing we need to add or actually nothing we can add. And that's exactly what the promise of the Old Testament was saying. And therefore, if we live as inheritors of the promise, we don't need to add keeping the Old Testament law. Verse 14, if you like, is the key point and sums up what Paul is trying to say. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Don't let anyone ever suggest to you, you need to add anything to faith in Jesus. Because if you do, says Paul, you'll only end up with second best. And actually, for the Galatians, if they wanted to obey all of the law, they'd end up only under God's curse. Why would you want to go back there and do that? We have all that God wants to give us through faith in Jesus. We've got new life. We've got life in the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. We have a future. We have a story for living within. Remember, going back to the law is a dead end. And in verses 15 to 18, there's a final reminder for us remember that the chronology or the time, the time frame, the promise precedes the law. Uh, Abraham comes before Moses. Everybody who reads the Bible realizes that Abraham appears in the scene before Moses. Verse 17, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. It's the promise that counts, says Paul. The law does not set aside the promise and the promise is now fulfilled. By faith in Jesus, we can now receive the Spirit, the blessing that was promised to Abraham way back at the beginning of the Bible story. And and verse 18, if you like, is our story. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And that's who we are. That's our identity, because that's our story. Now, if you've been following, um, that leaves still some questions about the law, uh, things like, well, what was the purpose of the law? Why was it given and how did it function? And um, um, Paul's gonna pick those questions up and uh, uh, and in chapters, rest of chapter three and chapter four, uh, uh, he's gonna argue and, and explain those things as well as some our other arguments with the Judaizers. And we'll see that in future weeks. But let me go back to my uh, um, initial slide. Um, Here is is what Paul's been saying. Remember your conversion. Your children of Abraham. Going back to the law is a complete dead end. And keep in mind the chronology. So what are we seeing in this section? How is it shaping us? What kind of insight view does it give us to the whole a big Bible story. I think lying behind Paul's arguments um, is this reality, this is the story that we live within. This is what is true of us. We are inheritors of the promise to Abraham. We have right standing with God, we've been justified through faith in Jesus. And the Spirit, who is part of that promise of God, to bless the nations, brings us new life now. That is who we are. That is who Dublin West is. It's a story of God's grace. And that story of grace and God's promise is our story together and individually. It's what shapes us and it's what makes us who we are. It's an incredible identity story, isn't it? It really is remarkable. It's a story worth recounting to ourselves again and again and again. It's a story worth living within. And actually, it's a story worth telling to others because it's a story that's better than any other story that's around in our contemporary world. So if that's what's lying behind what Paul says here, then what's our response to Galatians 3, 1 to 18? I just have three questions I'm going to leave us with just to reflect on, to think about and to ponder. So the first one is, what are the stories that shape us, that shape me? And We've read about this story that can shape us, but there are other stories that are part of our world that shape us. In what ways can we let the story of God's promise and grace shape us more and more? Do we want to let that impact us? Then I suppose something that's, that's that's really real for us. How are we sometimes tempted to add to God's grace? To somehow increase our standing with God? How do we add to God's grace and tempted to add things like keeping the law? And how can we avoid that in the days ahead? Let's just take a moment or two just to reflect on the questions, reflect on what God has said, and I'll just pray in just a moment or two. I'll leave the i leave the questions on the screen. Father, we thank you for what this passage shows us. Father, thank you that you have brought us to a living faith in the person of Jesus. And as part of that, you've made us inheritors of the promise to Abraham that by faith, we have received your spirit. And Father, we pray you'll help us to keep on living in grace not going back to human effort, not going back to law keeping and that the story of your promise and the story of your grace as we see it revealed to us in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus would be what keeps us living for you. Father, help us to live within that story and encourage each other on screen to live with that, in that story because it's a story worth living and a story worth sharing. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.